Todd Niles, Stuff Senior Auckland Affairs Journalist, is uh, with us in the Auckland studio, and thanks for that. Todd, good morning. Transport jumped back into the spotlight uh, with a mix of good and bad news. Morning. Yeah, so, so the good news part is on Monday, and I, I have to declare that um, before I get into this one, I was a, a bus commuter from the northwest for 30 years, so um, I've had uh, therapy and, and counselling for my experiences there. Um, <laughs> Which which are being addressed on Monday with what is called an interim busway, and this one's kind of flown under the radar a bit because it's an important uh, public transport project, but not one that's been five years in the building and cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Effectively, it's adapting the sides of the motorway, the shoulders, if you like, into a dedicated bus lane and also building in interchanges. The bus will go up and over at Lincoln Road and at Teatatu and and intersect with local services there where people can change. Uh, And it's a way of getting a form of rapid transit out to the the fast-growing west and northwest as far as Westgate um, during uh, the peak hours or or during during the daylight hours, there will be... 10-minute frequency of buses um, rattling between Westgate and the centre city, both along these motorway lanes, and then as it comes off at Newton Road into the city and on a dedicated, unobstructed bus lane most of the way, by more of that later. So this is um, an important boost for the North West. Unfortunately, it's one of those projects that you know could and should have happened 10 years ago at half the price and um, delivered a lot more public transport growth, but I guess um, better late than never. Um, It's an idea that was first floated way back in 2009 by the transport advocacy website Greater Auckland, taken up by the Te Atatū MP Phil Twyford. There was actually work going on at Auckland Transport uh, before 2017 when Labour came in uh, and took over not only the notion of building light rail to Auckland's airport, but also adding a second line out to the northwest. So all the work on the busway stopped. Uh, six years has been lost on that front. Uh, and about three years ago, the idea started to surface, OK, so we can't build a full-scale busway until we know what's happening with light rail. Let's do this um, sort of low-cost idea. So it's, it is going to be a big step forward. Um, part of the success will be not just the buses hurtling along the lanes, but how the interchanges work, where people will have to get off one bus, perhaps if they're going elsewhere, um, change from one bus shelter to another. You can imagine that's going to be a little bit difficult in, in wet weather in the winter, and are the bus shelters big enough, and do they actually provide shelter? All of those sorts of things will be little tests that it will face uh, you know, once it gets going from Monday. Okay, and and will it significantly, though, alter, what does Auckland Transport say, alter current travel times? Yes, it should do, um, because not only will the buses be completely separated from motorway traffic from Westgate to Newton Road, but then when they come off Newton Road, they will again be separated. They've they've created new uh, bus lanes within the existing roadway going up onto Newton Road and then along Karangahapi Road, um, I guess the proof of the pudding is in the eating, but it will certainly be a more reliable um, as well as quicker. So there's not just the saving in the journey, but it's less likely to be affected by hold-ups on the motorway and accidents and that kind of thing. So, you know, on the face of it, it should be a significant improvement for people between Westgate and the the central city who, who want to use the bus to get to town and hopefully will attract more people to do so. Now, once in town, what has been going on over the K Road car parks? Well, yes, there's a sort of a segue from one to the other. 
part of this um, move to get the, the buses from the west uh, with a significant extra number of buses on the west through the centre city, Auckland Transport has removed parking along uh, a stretch of Karangahapi Road, which for non-Aucklanders is, uh, you know, a qu- quite a fashionable, um, trendy sort of uptown street now where uh, a lot of money has been invested, tens of millions over the past few years to make it more pedestrian friendly and so on. So it's had big upgrades then. And really what's happened with the car parking is is unfortunately yet another lesson for Auckland Transport on how getting small things wrong can blow up on your face. There's been a flurry of stories in the past days uh, from businesses, uh, as they are usually upset when car parking gets removed from in front of their premises. Um, The retailers say their business will struggle, accuse Auckland Transport of poor communication and not listening. It's the sort of thing that we hear, you know, around the country whenever these things happen. And people have been quick to pile into Auckland Transport, which is an agency that has had... um, a bit of a reputation in the past for not getting consultation right. Auckland Transport's admitted a small missing link in the consultation. They did consult on this, bundled in with some other changes that aren't going to happen uh, until the city rail link comes in in 2026. So it was all consulted on. The bit that didn't happen was going round a few weeks later saying to the businesses along the road, you know, the stuff we consulted on just letting you know this is happening in the next few weeks or so. And so it's taken people by surprise, even though it was in the small print. When you look at what's actually going on, though, it is kind of small beer in the big scheme of things. This is an important arterial route for buses uh, through and into the central city. And what is being removed ultimately are 27 on-street car parks, uh, some of which are not available currently all day long because of clearways and other restrictions. There is parking on side streets. There's a car park building at one end of Kalangahapi Road. So when you look at it, these are not major changes, but they are significant because businesses have managed to somehow be caught out by them. Uh, the timing is a bit unfortunate for Auckland Transport because only a week earlier it was making quite uh, not a lot of noise, but was making known the fact that it does a quarterly survey of public sentiment and opinion towards it. And there'd been a significant upswing in in public views on how well Auckland Transport was doing, and a lot of this was driven by the work it had done on addressing the bus driver shortage, which at its peak had resulted in thousands of bus services a day being reduced. So having got on top of that one... uh, that has shown up as delivering a significant increase in how well people regard Auckland Transport. The same surveys that they do also show what drives people's views. And, of course, one of those is news stories and headlines. So having, you know, six or 12 months of hard work uh, delivering an upswing in reputation, uh, let's see what happens when, you know, days later the news stories and the headlines have gone the other way and people may find it easy to fall back in, in liking to point the finger at an agency for all the things of parts of change that they don't like. But there's another strategic aspect to this. I mean, these are the sorts of things that Auckland Transport and the Council do need to get right because the emphasis now on getting people onto public transport is not building billion-dollar projects but making better use of the roadway that's there. And 
you know, there are there are goals still, although fading, to try and cut transport emissions by 64% by 2030. And a huge part of that will be getting more people onto public transport, especially buses. So these kinds of projects will play a big part in making buses more attractive. But, you know, for public opinion to get behind them, a bit more care is probably going to be needed in the selling and the implementation of them. Let's stay with a, a, or finish rather, with a big, potentially big matter as the new government tries to form, and there's all sorts of questions around its ability, uh, National's ability to fund tax cuts, pressure on um, uh, the budget when Mm. uh, other parties might have spending demands. Uh, The city's regional fuel tax, the idea of it being scrapped, uh, pretty much upset your mayor, who's saying, well, if not that, then what? Where has that got to? Well, there was an interesting moment this week on on that one. So the National Party position is that it will scrap the regional fuel tax, no date yet set, um, but it it's brings $150 million of cash to Auckland Council a year, and the way transport projects are funded, that, that multiplies out to $450 million of investment enabled each year. There's four more years of the tax to run. So there's potentially $2 billion roughly at stake there. And so the mayor has been getting quite upset about Auckland Transport's needs are already under pressure. What will happen if this goes ahead? And it was on an interview on Checkpoint this week uh, where he said, well, you know, if they do do that, we'll have to look at things like um, stopping the Eastern Busway project, which is the biggest new transport infrastructure project outside the city rail link. Uh, And interestingly, the point that the mayor made is it serves the electorates of Pakaranga MP and probable transport minister Simeon Brown and adjacent to that, the botany uh, electorate of the new prime minister, Christopher Luxon. So the way the mayor talks, it did have that sound of, you know, tit for tat, you take my tax money away, um, I'll go and, you know, take your busway away. Uh, it's not quite uh, as revengeful or vengeful as that may sound. If if those cuts to the taxes are made without any other thing happening, then the Eastern Busway is the biggest single project and it would be hard to es- for it to escape um, a reduction of investment in that kind. It's partway through, it's half built, uh, and I guess it would be feasible simply to stop it there if there wasn't money. There are whispers that, that maybe... National will come up with something else that might partially replace uh, the $150 million a year when it's knocked on the head. Uh, There was always talk that maybe part of that solution would be the long-discussed but still nothing much happening congestion-charging scheme, although that was never being proposed as a money-raiser, rather a behaviour-changer. So, you know, are they going to be able to try and find a bit of money from somewhere else in the transport budget and point at Auckland's way to make up for that $150 million gap? We've already seen Waka Kotahi announcing that $50 million of its climate-related uh, funding is being knocked on the head, so a lot of that would have come to Auckland. So the, for Auckland, there's an awful lot at stake, uh, and it's not just a question of will it stop the Eastern Busway you know, as a sort of tit-for-tat if the government takes that funding away. But uh, Auckland will be looking pretty soon for some information on how that's going to play out because the council is also starting work on its next 10-year budget. Transport investment is a big, big part of that, and it really needs to know where it sits in terms of what will come from the government 
before it gets too far into that. I mean, that. we heard the same thing from councils about uh, water infrastructure. Slightly mm. different issue in Auckland because Auckland Water Care is quite happy to keep doing its own thing anyway. But well, n- yeah, not entirely because without three waters, it is left with a big debt on its books that is also on the council's books. And if it stays on the council yeah. books, it's a block. Well, this is yeah. the old argument. Even if you have a balance sheet separation by setting up crown control companies, mm. there's still local government legislation limits on how much these entities can borrow, right? So, but, but what I'm saying is everyone needs answers now to issues that are long-running and are kind of in suspension, uh, suspension mode or, or, or close to. And, you know, where is the money going to come from? <laughs> mm. and, and are these things that are, in Auckland's case, these are huge issues for Auckland, are they necessarily at the top of a pretty big menu or agenda of things that the new government is going to have to deal with when it's formed? When it's formed is the other question um, yeah. as we as we await. Todd, thank you very, very much as always. Stuff, Senior Auckland Affairs journalist Todd Nile.